Hello and welcome to Talking Transfers from the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined as ever by Graham Bailey, 90 Min's transfer correspondent and 90 Min's top cat, Toby Cudworth, talking about transfers across Europe, manager changes, players leaving, players signing, deals falling through, as we might get through today. Uh, Graham, always come to you and ask you if you're busy. I can imagine the answer is yes. Yeah, um, be a busy week actually. Um, as we we're talking pre 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 pod, um, I was struggling to remember what we'd done on the last one and what days were, and it's been quite a lot actually since the last one. So it's a good way of going twice a week now because not that we ever struggle for content, Scott, but sometimes um, there's more on a Friday than others, and today is one of those days. It really is busy. Yes, it's always a case of cramming stuff into whatever amount of time we have—forty-five minutes to an hour—and uh, Toby. There's some irons in the fire coming up today. There are irons in the fire trying to mix in transfer chat with all the pre-season stuff that's going on. All the clubs on tour. Um, you're actually going out to Las Vegas soon, aren't you? Scott, in a for, week, uh, yes. For Las- Manchester United. Week. But I'd just like to plug that West Ham's junior side, full of kids, beat Spurs and Ange Postacoglu in his first Outing a Spurs manager, although I will give them credit, they played very well and looked completely different from the uh, the Spurs team that we saw last season. Congrats to Spurs. Congrats on still losing. Congrats to Sean Walsh. <laughs> and uh, yes, uh, we'll be talking about Liverpool today. Some signings potentially coming in to replace some players, senior players who are leaving for lots of money. We'll talk Harry Kane, Riyad Mahrez, Carl Walker, Graham's least favourite player. I would wage one of them at least. Uh, I'll let you, Graham's wondering. I'm looking at him wonder. Alan St. Maximum, Graham. Uh, no, I, I, I just never believed the hype with him. You know, he was good at a bad time. Um, and, and the stats back it up. He's, he's, a, he's an average Premier League player. He, he, always, <laughs> ha- he always has been. And Newcastle at the level now where he's just not good enough for them. And, and, and they're about to make a massive upgrade, in my opinion. I think so too. They will talk about who that is. I'm sure you know who it is already, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. We'll talk Chelsea losing Wesley Fofana to another long-term injury. Aston Villa winning the race for Musa Diaby, one of Graham's favourite players. Uh, another of Graham's favourite players, Alexandra Mitrovic potentially leaving Fulham along with his manager. We'll talk irons in the fire and we'll shove in some Man United content towards the end. Apologies if you don't like that. But yes, uh, please subscribe on all your major podcast platforms and follow us on social at double underscore Scott Saunders at Toby underscore Cudworth and at Graham Bailey, 90min.com forward slash talking transfers for all the latest from us, 90min.com for all the latest in general, 90min underscore football on all the social platforms for uh, just 90min in general as well. And that's where most of our content pops up. But let's start with Liverpool because we, I don't feel like we spoke about Liverpool too much in recent weeks, but Fabinho is on the verge of leaving and Jordan Henderson is on the verge of leaving. Correct, Graham? Yeah, it's a really, Henderson's a fascinating one. When when Gerard was appointed, we we did a piece um about who he was going to um target, you know, Philip Coutinho. Um that hasn't really triggered yet. Um hasn't really gone any further, but I think he's very much in Stephen Gerrard's sights, but John Henderson was his main target. At the time when I did that, I was told um, from sources close to Henderson and Liverpool that, yeah, an approach was likely, but he wasn't looking at it. And it, so I think it's caught us a little bit by surprise in the last week or so that he's really, he's, he's not only softened to it, he's he's accepted it. He travelled to Germany for Liverpool's pre-season tour. He wasn't included in the first game as talks accelerated with Etifac. They've now done the deal, uh, around 12 million. Um, Liverpool went 20, they weren't going to get that. And and the deal is in place for Henderson. Um, he still hasn't quite given the full hundred percent yet. He hasn't completed it yet, but he is going to go. Uh, and yeah, I think it's caught caught Liverpool a bit by surprise as well. They they weren't really giving up the season to go in without him. So it's fascinating. And Fabinho going as well. I think I think they're happy with that. You know, getting forty million euros I mean, who will be, be happy exactly. That? You know, it's it's. Liverpool have been very good. We, we've been not critical, but we've explained how some teams, particularly Manchester United, and we'll come on to, have had issues with um, getting rid of players. You, Liverpool have really moved on. Like Naby Keita, Oxford Chamberlain, Milner, Fabinho's going, Henderson's going, Fabio Cavalli out on loan. 
it, it really does tee their midfield up for a fresh start this season. And they've done a good job of getting moving these players on. So I um, would say that three of those players are out of contract and leaving on free transfers. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that that's a good thing of having the contracts run out at the right time, Scott. You could argue that the wrong time, given they had a season like they had last year. But anyway, uh, Toby, let's, you know, that that leaves a massive hole in their team, doesn't it? You know, Jordan Henderson's a leader. Fabinho was a really, really good defensive midfielder for a few years. Obviously, he dropped off last season. But does this leave them a little bit short? I think they are light. Um, but if anything, this rebuild is 12 months too late. We were talking about Liverpool's need to do this before last season began. And then as 2022-23 unfolded, their frailties and deficiencies became even more apparent. And as you've already touched on there, getting £40 million for Fabinho, I think, is a fantastic deal for Liverpool. Um, they wouldn't have envisaged getting a fee for him like this, uh, given his form over the last 12-18 months. Jordan Henderson, similar I don't think Liverpool would have thought they could get 10 million plus for him, considering he's heading into the twilight of his career. But they will be short. I think they are seeing the positives of Alexis McAllister already. He made his debut in a pre-season friendly win a few days ago and was very bright by all accounts. But they need to bring in a new defensive midfielder. And I think they still probably need one more body. Um, to really push Jurgen Klopp's side on this season. I do expect Curtis Jones to play a bigger role for Liverpool. He was good towards the end of last season, impressed for England at the Euros this summer. I think he could become a regular first-team player for them um, and will help him settle in the side, actually, because he'll have a more defined role um, and more responsibility on his shoulders, which I think he actually might th- thrive with. Uh, Graham. We mentioned that they might be a bit light there. What are Liverpool thinking in terms of replacements? Uh, we've done a story on that in on Friday of uh, Sofiane Amrabat interest uh, from Liverpool, from Manchester United, from West Ham, from Atletico Madrid, Barcelona have been linked with him as well. Decent price for him. I mean, maybe let's, we've done Lavia before. He's obviously on the list. Well, let's, let's talk Amrabat for a second because I think this is a really good value deal for whoever gets this player. He's a fascinating option. He had a wonderful World Cup, Scott, as we know. Only €30 million Euros for Fiorentina. And, and they are gearing up for his departure. They've agreed to deal for Artur, um, a former Liverpool midfielder. <laughs> I feel like doing that when we say former Liverpool midfielder for him. Um, he's going there on loan, coming in. So they are expecting him to leave. And he is very high on a lot of teams' agendas. We know Manchester United, as we're reporting, have held talks depending on what else they've got to go out. We know that Liverpool do like him as well. West Ham like him as well. Atletico Madrid linked to Verratti, but their fa- I'd say, I'd be, I've been told they're favourites for him at the moment, but you know, until something's signed, nothing, nothing's done in football, as we know. So he's a really interesting option, Amrabat. Um, I think wherever he wants to go, though, he wants to play. So I think... Does he have a hesitation about Liverpool and Manchester United in that regard? Because if you signed him tomorrow, Scott, I know you like him. He's not would an automatic he... starter for United. I mean, that, that, that is... Yeah, yeah, that's, I think I, that's I the issue wonder, for though, him. Like, would, would Liverpool make him an automatic starter given they, they have that void in their own midfield now? I think he I think he could fill that Fabinho role quite easily. I think he'd be very good in that role. I think he's probably got more chance of starting week in, week out for Liverpool. Not that he's not good enough to start United, you know, I'm picking my head and Mason Mount personally, but I don't think that's the way that Ten Hag will line up. So with Casemiro in there, and he probably wants two pushing on. So um, it's a fascinating one to keep an eye on. Um, he's not the only one, obviously. We know Liverpool are assessing options. Ryan Gravenberch, we need to keep an eye on. I think he will become available as the window goes on. Leon Gretzka linked with a move, but we know he's determined not to leave Bayern. Joshua Kimmich again. He won't be leaving the summer. We know that. City have, a, have an interest in him, but it doesn't look like he's moving on. So they are assessing things. And um, obviously another player that we reported, Scott, is um, Czech Takuri at Crystal Palace. So let's have a conversation about this because I was having this conversation on another show I did yesterday. Um, Toby, essentially the line is that Palace are demanding monstrous amounts of money, right? Now, and obviously West Ham have just been through this with Declan Rice. Toby, I'll speak to you about this first. I, technically, Palace do not need to sell this player. And I'm seeing a lot of, well, this player isn't worth 70-odd million quid. Might not be. But Palace are purposely 
stating, hey, if you want this player, we don't want to sell him. It's a massive inconvenience to us. So give us a fee that we will accept that which is beyond our wildest dreams kind of thing, right? Absolutely. Palace well within their rights to demand how much Decore is worth to them. Very similar situation to when Jack Grealish left Aston Villa to go to Manchester City. Huge uproar about how much City had to pay for him, but that was a British record fee at the time. That was what Grealish meant to Aston Villa. He was clearly their best and most important player. West Ham have held a similar stance with Declan Rice this summer. Clearly their their best sorry, and most important player. Decore, I dare say, holds that Palace midfield together, even though he's only been there for one season. Why would they let him go on the cheap? They're well within their rights to ask for the amount of money that they're asking for. Fulham adopting a similar stance for João Paulinha. And there is Premier League tax to account for. They shouldn't undervalue their player because other big clubs feel like they should. We know there's huge value in the European market. Sofian Amrabat for, we're talking, what, 30 million euros, which is the equivalent of 25 million pounds. To me, makes him the standout candidate. It's not Palace's fault that they play in the Premier League. There is inflation and higher prices in the Premier League. So they're valuing Decore at the local market rate. If he were playing abroad still, arguably it'd be £20 million cheaper, but that isn't Palace's issue. And I think they can and will hold firm um, because why would they have a desire to sell at the end of the day? Well, yeah, what's the line, Graham? Well, are they going to? Yeah, they're asking for at least 65 to 70. And they think that's a market value. As Toby alluded to, Paulinho, very similar. And and that's why clubs are looking abroad. We're talking talking, uh, irons in the fire later about how bit of clashing at West Ham over the value in the market and the Premier League just isn't value for these clubs wanting to sign players it really isn't and Palace have already fended off interest this summer in Mark Gay who they want over 64 Joachim Anderson over 40 50 million for you know Palace don't need to sell and he's an important player for them I think he has from what I'm told in the analytics department he, he, he he's a big highlight I think he's second in the Premier League in interceptions something like that so the analytics departments love him um, so he had a very good season, and yeah, there's no real rush for for Palace to sell because you know who Palace, as we've alluded to, are they going for top six now? They're just avoiding relegation here, hence why Roy Hodgson stayed, and so there's no real need for them to sell to raise money. Wilfred Zahas doesn't decide on his future yet; he still still may end up staying at the club. So no, we don't see him leaving this summer. Um there's so many of these types of players on the market at the moment, isn't it? Amadou Onana, very similar type of player, Everton. Again though, let's see what price they ask for him because he's a lot of clubs are going to be quite on him purely because of the price as well. And as Toby said, that there is a Premier League tax and it's just you get the odd bargain as we'll come out of Newcastle, I think they'll get getting one to a certain extent, but you have to you have to pay for it when you're coming to England. Um, and so, yeah, I think Palace are well within the rights if they think he's one of the best young players. And the Romeo, Romeo Lavia thing, obviously, um, we talk about him in Liverpool and he's on the market. He's 50 million. And te- that's for a championship player. <laughs> so if you're paying 50 million for a championship player, you know, that just sets the ceiling as well. Let's not forget that Decore, when he joined Palace, there was plenty of plaudits for Palace's business there. I think he I'm, cost I'm just around... Just these numbers, 18 million... Yeah, up to twenty-one with add-ons. Really if good. If Liverpool business. want value, go sign him from France. <laughs> Graham has always said, or has started to say more and more this summer: teams buying players from source, going to these clubs directly and getting them at a younger age, knowing that they're going to develop. Um, Palace did that last summer, paying the price that they did, and now, arguably, he is worth three times as much. He also signed a five-year deal at Palace. He's only twelve months into that, so of course. Palace are well within their rights to protect the value of his contract, what his market rate is in the Premier League. Um, And look, the player signed the contract, didn't he? He's committed for five years. There's four years left. Unless he hands in a transfer request, there's absolutely no reason for Palace to want to fold here. I'm very happy. I feel a lot of joy and a lot of pride to be a Palace player. I'm proud to be at Palace today. That was literally... July the 12th, 2022. So, Palace. like, and English clubs are getting a lot better at this. You, you see Chelsea going direct to source. They're signing a lot of players from, uh, you know, from take Andre Santos that we'll talk about later as an example from Brazil. They got burned on Enzo Fernandes or they paid a hell of a lot of money for Enzo Fernandes. Benfica picked him up for 
around 15, 20 million euros just six months prior to that. It's just the way the way of the world at the moment. If these clubs is, want and, and to, and Caicedo is the prime example. Caicedo, where, another one. Exactly. The clubs they didn't really. I know United were linked and did bid, but they didn't really push push the neck of to, they didn't break the necks to get him, and so that's what they are doing now. Um, it doesn't always work out, you know. Some like Bukari, Samaria. Le- Leicester had a couple of players where it didn't work out, but that doesn't stop these Premier League clubs. Yeah, you have to go to Source, and that's it's so much cheaper than than, than signing them within, from within the Premier League. Is indeed. Uh, let's talk about something loosely related to Liverpool. Sadio Mane, who used to play for Liverpool, played for Bayern for a year. It's not gone well. Did what did we think of the Toby? What did we think of the time of that? We we kind of looked at Liverpool selling him and thought, oh, that's a bit of a risk for them. And uh, I, I thought it would work out at Bayern. It hasn't though. Yeah, it was surprising, wasn't it, when Liverpool let him go? Because what was the fee? Around thirty-five million pounds. We thought that was cheap, and Mane had just had one of his best seasons at Liverpool. You would have thought Roberto Firmino at the time would have been the one of Liverpool's trio to go. It wasn't. It was Mane. It hasn't worked. Um, didn't really have a role at Bayern, did he? I think they started off playing him up front. He was then injured, then had that scrap with Leroy Sane in the Champions League. Um, was playing second fiddle to Eric Maxim Choupo-Moting for... <laughs> the last few months of the season and quite clear when Thomas Tuchel went in there that he wasn't going to resurrect his career under him but Mane's wanted to stay and kind of fight for his place hasn't he that was his initial stance he wanted to make this work didn't want to go to Bayern for just one year and then go elsewhere but Graham Saudi Arabia when they come calling and you haven't got a future at the club you're currently at it's very difficult to just kind of force your position isn't it just before you do, Graham, Saudi Arabia is going to be a theme throughout the rest of the show in terms of transfers. So, you know, we'll be talking about players going there for, for lots of money throughout the rest. And we even talked about it with Henderson, Henderson and Fabinho. So the entire show. The, SP, you know. the, SP, the SPL is, is now um, regarding itself as known. Um, SPL will be a, a theme through many a pod. For the rest of for the rest of rest of this, this year and beyond, Scott. Can I, mean, I ask, um, are you keen enough yet to watch it? Um, if given the choice, it's probably up there. If it was on, depending on who gets the TV rights, um, I wouldn't pay any extra money to watch it. But then again, I don't pay extra money to watch the Champions League, etc. So, um, if it if it's on, I would watch it ahead of the MLS, no doubt. Would I watch it ahead of? I think it's probably up there. I, I, it'd rival the Bundesliga Serie A for me now. I think not. I think Spain slightly ahead of it. So in my in my viewing, if I if I had a choice, I'd probably put it three or four though. We are six weeks away from the end of the window as well, so there's going to be a hell of a lot more players going than we're talking about mm-hmm. now. You'd think. It's some recognisable players and and the good players and some of these teams are going to be quite strong. And obviously, we're talking about Sadio Mane going to Al Nassar. Um, I try to remember the time I had the other side players. That's Ronaldo's team. Um, they're also getting. They signed the lad Abrozovic. They signed. Brozovic. They've also signed Fafana. Is it Seko Fafana as well? Yeah, it's it, it, to be. That, that's one hell of a midfield. <laughs> Brozovic and Fafana feeding Manny and Ronaldo. That's still pretty tasty. Um, so yeah, I might watch it if if it's on somewhere for free, Scott. I probably would would have a little watch. It's going to be interesting. Toby, uh, this also. We, we've seen Harry Kane's name go around again over the last day or so. Potentially more money in the bank if Bayern do sell Sadio Mane to Al Nasser as, as expected now for Bayern to go and get Harry Kane. Yeah, I don't think Bayern's pursuit of Kane is dependent on Mane going out of the door. Bayern are not going to get the £35 million they paid for Mane back, but they will get some kind of fee from Al Nasser. They'll obviously have Mane's wages off the books. Um, incidentally, we understand Mane has agreed that move now. Personal terms are agreed with Al Nasser, so it's down to the clubs to find an agreement. But it is extra ammunition, isn't it, for Bayern if they are serious about Harry Kane and they're not going to go away. Having more money in the coffers is never a bad thing. Although I don't think this deal is necessarily about what Bayern have currently got, is it, Graham? It's it's just negotiations between a club who don't want to overpay and a chairman who doesn't want to sell his best player. Yeah, it, it it could give extra money for Kane. It could give extra money for Randall Colomowani, someone who they thought was a bit expensive, could throw it there. Um, there's still some of these number nine 
dominoes to fall in the window. Um, thinking that PSG are now in for Goncalo Ramos, not Vlaovic anymore, so that could impact things. It's fascinating to see where Bayern go with this. They've still got a bit of, bit of work to do. You know, ben, Benjamin Pavard wants to leave. Um, although I'm hearing his, his insistence on wanting to play centre-half is impacting on, on the clubs who want him. You know, he, but he really is um, not helping his representatives in terms because not many teams, I don't believe, see him as a, an out-and-out centre-half. So I think he, that is impacting the interest in him. But yeah, um, Bayern fascinating where they go. They do need this number nine. And I think we will see Bayern, if, if, if they accept that Kane isn't going, they will have to move on pretty soon. But I think I think they know who they want. I I I'm, I suspect I don't know this. I'm not business anything. I suspect they might go back for Kola Moani. I think he might end up at Bayern. So it, it, just to reference the reports, Graham uh, Harry Kane has anything really changed? Um, no, um, there was some speculation that 100 million might get Spurs thinking. That's not what we're being told. Again, there's no fee in there. Um, me personally, I, I think it'd take 120. To, to let get Levy thinking about Levy thinking about it, um, I don't think anyone's going to go there. Um, as we said before, it probably Bayern would probably have to need double their transfer record to get him in this window. And w- would anyone do that, knowing you can possibly get him for six months? If, if Bayern truly believe that Harry Kane wants to join them, you wait till January and sign him on a pre-contract. I or you offer a, bit, a knockdown fee in January. Yeah, I think they're. I think it's a bit of posturing from Bayern. I think they're worried that this is their one chance to get him. Um, I'm not sure that Harry Kane lives on a free. And, and Spurs are still confident that Ange Ball will win Harry Kane over and he'll sign a new contract. That is still what, what they genuinely believe there's still a chance of him staying. Well, one thing Bayern definitely don't need is Harry Kane for the first six months of the season, right? They can handle the Bundesliga schedule <laughs> I guess so. and they can yeah. definitely get through the Champions League group stages. So, as you say, Scott, were they to make a play in January, that makes more sense because he could be registered to play in the Champions League for them, help them push for glory. But Spurs won't be able to do with that. You would presume, you would, for Spurs' sake, you would hope that they're at least challenging top five and they really won't be able to do without him. Yes, indeed. Via back to Saudi Arabia, Riyad Mahrez is off to Saudi Arabia, Graham. And uh, just a couple of questions, really. How are they looking to plug this gap. I mean, Bernardo Silva wants to go. Is he likely to go if Mares goes and how which player could they look at to potentially bring in as a replacement? Riyad Mares leaving is it has shocked everyone at the club. Um they they knew how hurt he was by missing out on those finals. And I think what that did as well, that broke the trust he had in Pep Guardiola. So we know there was talks in the last week, Scott, but no matter what Pep was telling him, could he believe what he was telling him? You know, this is the same bloke who's left him out of the Champions League and FA Cup finals, despite being such a huge... Like, How can you do that and then say to him, you're such a huge part of my team, don't leave, etc. You can see why Mares was not really taken with, with what's been said to him. Um, I don't really think it's spitting his dummy out. I think he's just accepted that, you know, he's not going to get his game time that he wants despite what, what City and Pep are telling him. So yeah, and, and so City have accepted the fact that, you know, they couldn't win him over, they've accepted the money. It's not about the money for City, you know, what they're getting 30 million for him. That's probably, they're probably doing him a favour because that's a little bit below market value, I would argue. For a player who's got two years left on his deal at City, I think they're doing him a bit of a favour. Um, which again, doesn't, don't, I don't think it necessarily helps him with Bernardo Silva because as we know, he wants to leave um, on the, and the will demand market value for him, but we'll see how that one turns out. But with Mares, yeah, it, it's a body blow to him. I think it's a strange decision. I, I'm, I'm surprised they're not keeping him. In terms of replacements, is something they're looking at. Um, I'd, obviously, Julian Alvarez, could he play on the right for a certain time? Will Full Foden have to fill in on the right? Um, it's a fascinating one. We do know, though, that they are... Still looking around, they have they have already they've already got a, a list of players who they like. You know, every club does this. Got everyone has a, you know, I don't think everyone has a whiteboard or chalkboard, but the, the scouts are continuously working. So they'll go to their scouts and say, right, who are the best attacking midfielders? Who do we like best? Interesting name from Leon um, Bradley um, Bacola. Bradley Bacola, there you go. Um, outstanding talent. Only made his debut in January, but came away with I think it was. 
was it five goals, eight assists? It might be the way around. A big Played the under twenty one championship as well, didn't he? Yeah, um, he's quite a sensible lad. If you read the quotes from him, we did a piece on him in his quotes in there. So he he actually wants to stay for another year. Uh, and Lauren Blanc is manager. He really doesn't want to lose him or his teammate Ryan Churchy, who is also linked to City. He's a top talent. No surprise, City looking at him. Same with Gabby Vega. We know he's a player of that ilk that City are looking at. So they are they are now debating whether they need to go into the market. But Coley is a fascinating one because he has said he wants to stay, but he's also looked after by Jesse Foot and George Mendes. So they are busy doing their work. They know he's a top player. Leon are worried. And PSG are in talks. PSG are trying to get him. It wouldn't surprise me if Man City came in strong for him. Um, he's an outstanding talent. It's whether you think he's ready. Obviously, but he wouldn't City necessarily had... have to be ready straight away, though, would he? No, they you do come have off other the bench, options. yeah. yeah. You, the, and you got Cole Palmer, who I think Cole Palmer's on his way out, from what we're hearing. I think Brighton think that can get no, him not permanent. Permanent, it sounds like. Wow. I, I think City have a major issue here, and but I think you know people say to me, oh, why does City keep getting all these youngsters? If they sell them, why would you join City? But I think that's um, a plus, a selling point for City. They're saying to their youngsters, look, if you if we don't think you're going to make the first team of very high standard, if you're not next Phil Foden, we will sell you. We won't make you stay for three or four years. And I think actually that's a selling point that you've got. Um, yes, there isn't a, a way through the first team in a minute. I think that's something City desperately need to improve on. You know, we're seeing James Trafford go to Burnley. Callum Doyle's been loaned out again. Howard Bellis looks like he's going to be sold. There really needs to be more of a, I think, a transition from the youth team for City. But that aside, they are letting these players move on, like Romeo Lavia's gone, etc. So I think that is a plus point for them. They would argue that we're not holding these players back, we're letting them move on. And I think Cole Palmer's one of those. Toby, um, a, a City light here. Uh, potentially, you look certainly from a midfield perspective. I think they are. I think they're one or two light. I think they need a central midfielder still to replace Ilke Gundogan. I know Kovacic is coming, but I think they could do with another player there. I think losing Mares is a massive blow for City. Um, I was actually just looking at some stats while you two were talking. He's never really been an overly prominent player, which is a bizarre thing to say given his record. He's been at City for five years. Um, has won absolutely everything at the club. But I was just looking at his minutes. He's never played more than the equivalent of 22 Premier League games in a season for City. And perhaps one of the key reasons that he wants to go now is that he only played 506 minutes of Champions League football last year. Compare that to just shy of 1,000 the season before. So clearly he saw his pathway to the first team diminishing. He is 32. It's probably only going to go one way. But if he leaves... Um, I'm not so sure Bernardo's going to get his wish from a, how I'm looking at this situation. He might want to go. Not sure whether or not City can really afford to let him out. Um, and we're going to touch on another young winger that City are prepared to let go in similar circumstances. Um, a sale, a permanent sale with a buyback clause with West Ham. I think they are light in numbers, but you would always the thing is, okay, how that. how can how a city a bit we are being told that city are looking to keep silver now, but how in all consciousness can they say no to him? You know, they've, they've allowed Gabriel Hayes just he wasn't happy, he left. Sane left when he wasn't happy, Zinchenko, Zinchenko. Mares. They can't allow yet yeah, the one the only thing they've got on their side with silver is the demand market value, which is 70 to 80. We know he's not going to Saudi because Saudi Arabia club, Arabian clubs are not paying that sort of fee for any player. We know that already. Barcelona, unless they find some um, you know, magic, magic money from somewhere, yeah, or something, or unless Frankie Dion goes or something, they're not, they're not signing him. But that does leave Paris Saint-Germain, who are willing to spend this money. I think that's the danger that you've got and the real worry. Bernardo Silva does fancy PSG. Yeah, he wants to go to Barcelona first, but PSG is another option. PSG, for some reason, they're really going down this Portuguese route this summer. We know they like João Felix. Goncalo Ramos, as we mentioned earlier in the pod, is, it seems to be their number nine option that they're going for. And there's already three or four Portuguese there. It's a lovely Portuguese little mini camp they've got going there. And I think that's why Bernardo Silva wants to leave. He, he spent time at Monaco. He obviously loves France. I, I don't see how City keep him. I don't see how they can deny it. If PSG come up with the money, which is a big if, but if they do offer 70 to 80, which they're well capable of doing, I don't see how City keep him. I think it's, it's, that's that's a real worry. I agree with you. That is a, Silver, losing Silver and Mahrez is a real worry. Which I'm surprised that they've allowed Mahrez go, to go before really knowing what Silver's doing. Well, they've got to draw a line somewhere, haven't they? If Mahrez is going, 
this might be the first example of City digging their heels in and not allowing Silva to go, particularly if Cole Palmer is going to be on his way out. They are light. There's no doubt about that. And I know Julian Alvarez can play in multiple positions. In fact, all of their forward line can play in multiple positions, but they're only one or two injuries away from a disaster. City haven't really had any significant injury problems, have they? Throughout this run that they've had, they've had little niggles, but not an extensive period of time without two key players. Were they both to go, undoubtedly they would be light with their forward options. Still plenty of time left for them, obviously, in the window. It's just, uh, I'm a little bit surprised that, you know, City are great for letting players go, as we say, when when they want to or when, when they want to leave. And they maybe it's working against them this time. But Graham, let's talk about an incoming for City. Uh, Josco Gvardiol has the, uh, some, we jumped the gun. What's, what's happening? Yeah, it, it, as we said, it, it's on, it's ongoing. Talks ongoing. The deal, it's been described by Leipzig. Um, Max Herbel said it's not close. He's confirmed talks ongoing. From my understanding, is there's an issue with the add-ons. We know it's going to be around 100 million. We know it's going to be a world record fee. That isn't the issue. City are willing to do that. But as we've seen with these deals all summer, Scott, it's it's how the deal's going to be paid. It's the payment plan. It's the makeup of it. It's it's in in this in this case, I'm understanding some of the add-ons are a real issue. And it does take time when they are so sizable. So the deal, in theory, I can see why some people did jump the gun. So the deal, in theory, is agreed. We know it's going to be 100 million euros, um, we believe. But it's it's getting the deal done is a long time from being agreed. He's not due to have his medical. But the player, from our, our understanding, the player is not happy with Leipzig. He wants this doing. He thinks he's given Leipzig. Um, he's been loyal to them. He could have left last summer, couldn't he, for Chelsea? He didn't. He thinks he's played his part here. He's been loyal. They're going to get a good fee. He thinks that Leipzig are going to be a bit picky in terms of what they want, in terms of add-ons. You know, they're getting a world record fee. It's just the makeup of it. City are going to get this done. They're going to get him. The player wants to go. He's made it quite clear. There's no one else in the conversation. It's just got a bit messy. Um, arguably, thanks to some of the, thanks to some of the breaking news um, coverage. But, yeah, um, it's ongoing. Um, will it be done? I think it'll be done for the start of the season. Not sure it'll be done. I think City wanted doing by the start of August, put it like that. And so they've still got so what 10 days to do it by then. Am I right in thinking this shouldn't be the priority for City? Gavardiol, Ruben Diaz, Nathan Ake, Manuel Akanji, John Stones. It's a lot of options in central defence. Still got Carl Walker. Still, still got, got Jao Cancelo. Still got Emmerich Laporte. That's where they should Laporte. be looking to shed players, right? Central defence is, is where they've got to get in, rid of. It's the Laporte replacement. Laporte obviously hasn't found his move yet. There, there was the assumption that Villa or Tottenham would really take Laporte. And they were keen. But as we go back to the Premier League tax, he's on such good wages and the money on top. It's just so much more money than the likes of Pau Terras or the Van Der Veen top sober who Tottenham are looking at. It's so much more money. And I don't know, is he is he another Saudi Graham, Arabian could this candidate? Be a rare occasion, could this be a rare occasion where Athletic Bilbao come back in and given they can't really... Hmm. They make a lot of money in sales. I don't know their financial position. They're not exactly massive spenders because they have a limited pool of players that they can sign, but he's one of them. Yeah, I think that's a great shout, Scott. I think him on loan, I think that would that would tick a lot of boxes for him. You know, go back to Bilbao ahead of the Euros. Uh, um, City know it's gonna. They know it's gonna have to be a loan unless Saudi come in. They won't be able to sell him. They have to cover some of his wages. They know that, and that's what Garbadio is going to cover. I do. When you say that, I do wonder will we see John Stones employed more in the midfield, Nathan Ake to left back, and a few of them are versatile back there, aren't they? Um, so I think we might see a bit more of that going forward. But um, Vadio will be done. But yeah, um, it's just a matter of when. Just just a word on Carl Walker before we move on from City as well. What's what's happening? Talks ongoing. Um, there is some reports in Germany that he's agreed to join Bayern. We haven't had that word from City's end yet. Um, City have offered him another year to 2025. I think that's a big option for him. I think Walker would have ideally liked to have gone to Sheffield United. However, we we as we discussed on the pod before, there's a real issues at Sheffield United. They're trying to sell. 
their their budget this summer is is massively low. They've just signed uh, Benny Terraria, I think, from Hacken for less than two million. That sh- sums up where they are. I think if they've got a new owner involved, uh, Walker would be going there. They haven't done it yet. So um, it's a tough one, Walker. Yeah, it, it's his decision, really. So we'll see what um, what Bayern come back with. Um, as it stands yet, City is saying no decision yet. But in Germany, they, they appear confident that Walker's going to go. I'm not so sure. Um, I think he might be tempted to stay. With, with England in mind, I think he might be temp- tempted to stay for another year or two, as he's been offered. Or two. I'm just going to switch the order up. I'm just going to bump up the order. Irons in the fire. Toby. Well, we can start by following on from Manchester City. Um, Carlos Borges, I'm not sure if I'm butchering his surname, but a young Manchester City winger scored 21 goals at Premier League 2 level last year. Uh, absolutely rapid. One of the fastest players I think I've seen in, in recent times. City willing to sell him like they have with Shea Charles recently to Southampton. West Ham close to finalising a permanent deal for him, which will include a buyback clause for Manchester City. It's a deal that will be worth just under £15 million, we understand. Um, Good bit of business for West Ham boss David Moyes. Whether or not he will immediately be challenging for a first-team place, I don't know. Um, This might be a sign-in that West Ham are looking at for the future, but I think his goal record would suggest that West Ham would want to integrate him into the first-team squad pretty quickly, and he would certainly give a viable alternative to side Ben Rama. Um, It's also the first indication of West Ham spending some of this Declan Rice money that they've got. But we know that they need to sign central midfielders. Still want two, is our understanding, in an ideal world. Won't go through the extensive list that we've been through before, but I'd say Edson Alvarez and João Paulini are probably the the favourites at this stage to go to West Ham. They're the ones that they're really looking at. But there's also interest in Eloy, Eli Way, sorry, from Montpellier. Um, well done, I never know. Well done, Toby. I never know how to say his surname, but I'm going to go with Way. Um, he's interested. Chelsea, Arsenal, Borussia Dortmund, Eintracht Frankfurt really like him. Actually, they want to bring him in as a potential Randall Kolo Muani replacement. Um, whether or not West Ham can do this, I don't know. But uncertainty over the future of Mikel Antonio, who could be another Al Etifak signing for Steven Gerrard. Uh, he's got one year left. Stevie's on... really going full Steven Gerrard with this, isn't he? Absolutely. Absolutely. Antonio, look, he's coming towards the end of his West Ham career, you'd have thought anyway, one year left on his contract. Is now the time for West Ham to potentially cash in and get a fee for him? Maybe. But if they do, what have they got left? A bit of an unhappy Gianluca Scamacca up front who has got offers to go back to Italy. Don't really know whether or not he wants to be at West Ham. How, how long has uh, Mikel Antonio been at West Ham? It just eight feels se- like forever to me. Yeah, it's only eight seasons. Feels like more, but he has played every position under the sun for West right Ham. Right back. Not... Yeah, left, right. <laughs> <laughs> he did play left back for a little while um, because of injuries. Yeah, he's West Ham's record scorer in the Premier League. Has been a fantastic servant, but this might be the time for him to move on. And West Ham would allow it to happen if they received a suitable bid. Um, so lots going on in the world of West Ham, but then Borges is the one that they're really close to doing, but they've got so much more business to do this summer. Saudi Arabia taking any West Ham players or no, not for the top of your head. Well, Antonio. Is oh, the one. oh, of course. I'm, yes. I was yeah. trying to do some smart segue. And just <laughs> no, anyway. Antonio, the one, the only other exit to briefly mention Aaron Cresswell to Wolves is a thing. Uh, those two are in talks. West Ham, again, willing to let him move on. He's heading into the last year of his contract. So it wouldn't be much of a fear going for West Ham. going full elite with Matt Doherty also signing. Absolutely. Like, Matt Doherty. Lots Dawson. of energy on, on both both flanks there. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting stuff. Anyway, let's, uh, let's move to Newcastle and Graham. A word for Alan San Maximo. Well, yeah, he's 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 gonna he's gonna break a lot of hearts on Tyneside. He's, he's a fan's favourite. He is going to Al Al Ali. Is he going? Sorry, I've done that many Saudi Arabian yes. stories this week. It was right there, I think. Um, there's so many Saudi Arabian transfers and clubs to remember. 
he, he's going there. We believe the fee is actually under 30 million, 25 million euro, I've been told. But well, that'll be confirmed. But yeah, it's um, the Saudi Arabian. It's interesting these fees that Saudi's been. They're really not paying over the top in terms of fees. They don't. Um, um, they're not looking to do that, uh, which is a fascinating um, way they're going about it. But yeah, Sam Maximum's going. Um, Newcastle do need to get players off their wage bill. They've got an awful lot of players there, Newcastle. We said this before. This is a part of the FFP problem. Newcastle are under the microscope in Premier League. They need to be whiter than white, you know. They're under more scrutiny than any other club in the league. So they're doing everything right. But, you know, the likes of Isaac Hayden's back at Newcastle, Jeff Hendricks at Newcastle, Ryan Fraser. You know, you could, I could list six players who most people are going, what? They're still at Newcastle. And, and they're on decent Premier League money. That's where the issue Newcastle have got. Some of these players on big wages take it up. And Sam Maximum is one who was on decent money. He's going to go. And um, that should be done by the weekend. And he's going to be replaced in the squad. They always wanted a, a left-sided forward. And they're getting a good one in Harvey Barnes. That deal's done. West Ham were in talks. Hasn't happened. The things going on upstairs at West Ham, not helping that deal between Tim Stiden and David Moyes. Um, not a massively happy camp. And Newcastle have taken advantage. Um, they've come in. Less than £40 million is the deal for Harvey Barnes. So I think there is still a little bit of value to be had in the Premier League at times. Um, Harvey Barnes coming or in. Or even from the Championship. As... Yeah, so, yeah, forget that. Yeah, from England. Um, yeah, I'm, but seeing Barnes... with, I'm seeing a lot with Harvey Barnes of... This is social media noise, but mm-hmm. Newcastle are obviously a Champions League club now. Is Harvey Barnes a Champions League player? I find that really unfair. I think it's a great signing, personally. Great signing. I think. I think it'll be. I think he'll be the new Ginola for them. It'll be a firm fans favorite within a month. I think he's going to be great. He, he's he's Alan Sam Maximum with an end product. He's, he's he's he scores goals, creates goals. He is good. Honestly, Newcastle fans won't breathe a word about Sam Maximum within six weeks of the start of the season. He'll be long gone, long forgotten, because Harvey Barnes is a huge step up for them. He's saying, I think he's got a great, great chance of going to the Euros with England. I think he'll be that good. Um, I think it's a great sign. And Newcastle, all the boys from two years, and people looking at, it, they've improved that starting eleven massively for me. Um, I still think they need the centre half and they need number ten fullback cover. But in Tenali and Barnes, they've improved their starting eleven massively for me. I posted on social media when I shared the story of Newcastle closing on Barnes. I think he'll be one of the signings of the season, to be honest. I think he's that good. And as you say, I'm Graham, thinking he's... how much he's going to cost in FPL. If he's around six, seven million, he might be a good shot. What did he score last season? 13 goals for Leicester? In a terrible Leicester side, him and James Madison. He scored were the more goals standout. last season than Alisson Maximum in his whole Newcastle career. I think that says it all, doesn't it, when you talk about end product, Graham? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I say Matt Ritchie scored more goals in his Newcastle career than Sam Maximum. Just a couple of examples there of how average. Graham's Sam gone has deep been. on the research about just how much of a. It just needed two <laughs> clicks. It doesn't need much to, to, to tell me. He, uh, Sam Maximum is not an Eddie Howe type player. When you see him flouncing around on the ground, hitting the floor with his fists and not working, he's just. Where well, Harvey Barnes comes in, he's a hard worker, but with an end product. I think he's the perfect player for to play that left sided forward role. Alongside Isaac, I think Anthony Gordon will get his chance in the right, and he showed in the summer with England that he's very capable. You know, Newcastle are getting there. Um, still think they need a number 10, which don't, the thing with Newcastle is they are exploring these loan deals now, not necessarily with Saudi Arabia, but to get via FFP. I, I think they could still do a big signing, but with a, a loan with a mandatory for someone around Europe in the Premier League. That's a way around it. Um and, and I think we might see them do that. And I think they are looking at options there. But but in terms of bands, yeah, wonderful signing. Let's talk Chelsea. Uh, Wesley Fofana is ruled out for, I'm guessing it's eight eight months, so, you know, to, to, a, to an entire season. The ACL mm-hmm. injuries generally take a long time to to recover from. He is, he's had damned luck with injuries. Um, cost a lot of money for them. Benoit Badia-Shiel also injured. Graham, I mean, I don't know how I don't know how much there is to touch on with Chelsea here, but maybe Levi Colwell is the angle. Well, <laughs> they're I not going to sell him now, surely. Well, I don't think the injuries impacted him so much because obviously that was the left side with Badia-Shiel and Colwell. I think the the conversation in the Chelsea camp, from what we've been told, is 
can they go into the season with Thiago Silva and Colwell as their starting centre-half partnership? Because it is going to be a back four now under Pochettino. Very unlikely to be a three. So back four. Can we go into the season with Silva and Colwell? Yeah, it's pretty good. But then can Chalabar be the backup to Silva? I think that's the big question. Um, can they do that? You know, I don't see them going out and spending a lot of money on replacement. Yeah. As we reported, Harry K- Harry Maguire was someone they inquired about over the weekend, looking at a potential loan. If they don't think Chalabar's good enough, I think that's something they could look at. You know, and and Maguire is someone who Chelsea have looked at before. They looked at him last summer, didn't they? As, as well, Scott. You know, it's someone who they like. So if he's available on loan, and they could cover his wages, I, towards the end of the window, I wouldn't rule it out. If and I think we'll have to see how the season gets on. But only Pochettino can make that decision. If he thinks Chalabar can replace Silva. But also it was said to me as well, as such as says, don't forget, we're not in Europe. So Silva isn't having to play, for instance, not just him, but all the players, um, we can, every every midweek. And so I think that's a massive advantage for Chelsea in, in this in this regard. Could Silva get through a season only playing Premier League? Yeah, he probably can. So I don't think there's a, a massive hurry for them to do it. I think we'll see how the season goes. And Colwell, as you say, Scott, I think Chelsea trying hard to persuade him to sign this new deal. He isn't doing so yet. But I think I think Chelsea think once Colwell starts the season, which it looks like he will, I think he will probably soon sign a new deal. He did, he, the only reason he hasn't signed a new deal is when Chelsea is saying to him, you're going to be in the first team you're going to play. I think he's a bit like, well, yeah, let's let's see where your money, where your mouth is. Do you know what I mean? I think once he sees himself in that team and he's starting week in, week out, I think he probably will sign his new deal. Why would he go anywhere else? Once he's starting, so I think that'll probably solve itself quite quickly. The Caldwell situation and Thiago, no European football, which I I totally forgot about actually. And so I think that's a that's a big thing as well when you don't have those extra dozen games. I think Silver could get through. I think he could get through. Can a thirty-nine-year-old Thiago Silver play as a, in a centre-back pairing? I don't think for the entire season, though, and not against certain opposition. So as Graham was talking, I was thinking, what are the contingency plans here for Chelsea? They could play three at the back and they could have Mark Couturea playing on the left side of a back three and Colwell playing centrally. They could play Reese James as a right centre-back, so to speak, and then Malagusto playing right wing-back. And then James kind of drops forward into the defensive midfield role and they shunt into a three when they've got the ball. There are options, I think, to protect... Thiago Silva in that respect and they don't have to play a flat back four even though that's Poch's preference so I think they can get by um Trevor Shalabra as well he is he's shown plenty of promise and potential in the past I think he's had a bit of an unfair rep in the last 12-18 months and he's maybe been damaged by the fact that Chelsea have been underperforming so badly um I think there's a there's a talent there and he could lift some of the burden off Thiago Silva's shoulders I do agree with you, Scott. I don't think Levi Colwell can go now, even though he plays on the left side of central defence, just because I think they need his ability more than anything. Um, I also struggle a little with Harry Maguire because he favours playing on the left side, right? I'm not sure whether or not that would be a smart one for Chelsea to do. I can understand why he's an option, but he looked a bit fish out of water, didn't he, Scott, when he had to play on the right side of United's defence. It's not where he's comfortable. He's like a bit of fish out of water in his entire <laughs> United spell, to be fair. Apart from that season where they went to the Europa League final, and I remember he picked up an injury in a, a game in close to the final, and it was the end of the world because he was playing really well. It made a hell of a difference. But uh, let's move on to another one. Of, we're going to talk Gra- Graham's favourite players from here. Moussa Diaby is rejecting Saudi Arabia for... Graham's new favourite Premier League club, is it Aston Villa? I certainly love the business they've done, Scott. You know, look at and and I think when you look at their spine now of Martinez, Torres, and um and Luis at centre half, that's a phenomenal centre half partnership. Um into midfield where I, I think Kamara is an unsung hero and Philip Luis and then Diaby and Watkins. I think a very strong spine. Um, Diaby, yeah, coming into Villa, he's he emerged as Villa's top attacking target in the last week. They've worked very hard to get this one over the line. Monchi um, earning his salary straight away. Um, operations at the club. Um, 15 million euros is the deal around that. Um, so not too bad. I don't think they've overpaid for him, to be honest. I, I think Diaby's an outstanding talent, so I do quite like it. 
Um, I love, well, I don't quite like it. I love it. I think it's a great signing. I really do. Um, I think it'd be an upgrade on what they've got in terms of Leon Bailey, etc. But it might give Leon Bailey. Is, chance is to this the them. same move that Leon Bailey made, by the way? By live, yeah, yeah. I think Diaby's coming in um, with a bit more hype because a bit. I think Bailey waited a little long, didn't he? he? Waited another year before making that move. I think he might get a chance on the left now. And it gives him a chance. It just deepens Villa's squad, doesn't it? You know, it deepens the options we've got. But I think Diaby's great. I really do. I um, I like him a lot, and um, not dissimilar to Harvey Barnes. I think he's going to be a sensational signing for them um, under Unai Emery. I think it'll really work. Okay, let's uh, move on to Graham's next favourite player, Alexander Mitrovic. Uh, heartbroken you are at the developments here, Graham. It's an interesting one. I'm feeling a bit for Fulham here because what are we, three weeks to the start of the season? They could be losing the match. It's, you know, and it's not, I say not their own fault, but obviously it's Marco Silva um, in talks about a move to Al Ali. Year left in his contract clause can't go. Um, Fulham are already looking to to replace him. Javier Pereira has actually turned the job down. He's in China, and um, we revealed their interest in him. He's turned it down. Graham Potter now very high on Fulham's list, which would be an interesting appointment. I think it'd probably be a decent one. Um, but at the same time as losing the manager, they're having a try. They're trying to fend off interest from Saudi in Alexander Mitrovic. Now, this is an interesting one because Mitrovic does want to go. He's been offered huge money to go to Al-Hilal, I believe, at the same club as Milankovic-Savic. The problem here is that, as we've alluded to on the show, the Saudis aren't paying huge, huge transfer fees. Yeah, they're paying huge wages, but they don't really want huge money to invest huge amounts of transfer fees in the, with these foreign clubs. That's their line. They've bid up to, I think, £32 million for Mitrovic. And then, but Fulham are... And Mitrovic is getting angry that Fulham are accepting these offers. But I think Fulham are well within the rights here. That, that's nowhere near Mitrovic's market value. Nowhere near. You know, Fulham are demanding in excess of 60 million. And I think that's completely fair. You know, we're seeing that Victor Gaikaris went to Sporting Lisbon for 25 million. They're offering not much more than that for Alexandra Mitrovic, who's a tried and tested Premier League performer. Um, I, I think the Saudis are way off here. I think they're going to have to at least double the offer to get him. Will they do that? I'm not sure they will. But can Fulham cope with Dimitrovic, who is, you know, there was reports that he told relatives he wouldn't play for them again, but then he went on tour. He's clearly not happy. Um, so these are just, really uh, these are just moves you make to force a move, right? I think this is... Uh... It, it is, but at what point, but Fulham are, at what point did Fulham accept his deal? Because he's worth a lot more. I, I, I know I'm biased towards Metro, but he's worth a lot more than 32 million, isn't he? I, I think so. Don't think you're far wrong with that. It's like, it's like look at what United, United are paying, what, probably going to end up paying in the end 50 million pounds for Hoyland. Mitrovic is, is currently ahead of him in, in terms of his ability, isn't he? The only thing they might struggle with is that Al Halal are one of the few teams that actually have paid. Decent transfer fees. They grabbed Ruben Nevers, didn't they, for just under fifty million pounds? I think that's yeah, that's the more. I think the bid for Diaby and the bid for Neves are the two most expensive we've seen. They've also had Koulibaly. I know that wasn't a lot, but there was a transfer fee involved in that one. Milinkovic Savic was north of around forty million euros. What's mm-hmm. that? Thirty-five million pounds. They've spent quite a lot on transfer fees compared to the other PIF back teams. <laughs> so I wonder if that's why they're not. Or they are lowballing Fulham in a way. Well, I guess I guess they're saying that if they paid that for Neves and Milinkovic Savage, they probably don't want to pay. They don't think Mitrovic is 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 better than those two. But as we say, Toby, they're not taking the Premier League tax into account, are they? Because Neves only had a year left on his deal, didn't he, at Wolves? Yeah, and I think that's a big factor. Um, Mitrovic would be a huge loss for Fulham. Uh, I think managerial wise, I don't think it would be the end of the world if Marco Silva moved on. You know. I think he did has done an excellent job at Fulham, but he's got a track record of doing this. And I think it's a matter of time before he leaves anyway. <laughs> so if Graham Potter's available now and is interested in the job, I think Fulham could do a lot worse than moving for him. Yes, Graham Potter moving from Chelsea to one of their local 
Mm. Local rivals would be quite an interesting narrative. If he, if he had to flatten the King's Road, he'd be all right, wouldn't he? He probably wanted yeah. to do anything. <laughs> he would indeed. Uh, let's talk Manchester United to finish the show today. Rasmus Hoyland, as you mentioned there, Graham, is their next transfer target because Man United have confirmed the signing of Andre Onana today. Eric Ten Hag has been speaking about him, saying, nowadays football also demands good playing from the back, outplaying qualities, and that's a quality Andre has. You need both, and you need to cover both areas, so we're happy. I think his physical presence, also with his personality, he's so keen on winning, eager to win trophies, and will help the team, and he'll help the score get to higher levels. That transfer is completed. Handed the number 24 shirt for United. I think a decent value deal, and uh, obviously, we spoke about David De Gea and that kind of thing. That That's now been done. We'll see in the next few weeks, I can imagine. Uh, if there's any big differences, I've seen a few in their preseason friendlies about how Ten Hag would like to play. But let's let's talk. Let's do Rasmus Hoyland Graham first. Um, is there optimism here that this one's going to get done? Because we did a story a couple of days ago. United are, you know, they they have a limit, a self, a limit they put upon themselves. I suppose is the best way you can say it for how much they want to pay. Atalanta asking for more. Atalanta asking for lots of money up front, lots of money in the next in over two transfer windows, two summer transfer windows. Do United have a chance here? A good chance? The, yeah, they do because the player really, really wants this. You know, he's pushing for it, Scott. He's agreed terms with on the move. He's a self-confessed Manchester United fan. He's wanted this for a long time. Once he knew United were keen, and and now that he's become their main target. Yeah, um, he's desperate to, to to sort the move out. Um, the two clubs are still a bit away in terms of fee from what we understand. Atlanta is standing firm on 70 million euros, we believe. Um, is the least they expect. United really don't want to go above 50 million pounds too much. What's that? About six, 51 is 60 million euros, something like that, isn't it? So you'd argue, you're guessing there's, there's 10 million euros apart. So it's not it's not massively different. You know, there's, re- there's, there's room to manoeuvre on both sides. Atalanta, the, you know, we've seen that United have been putting out there that they they have an interest in Colo Moani. Is that a tactic coming from United's end saying, oh, look, well, we they did need... it with Caicedo and Mount, didn't they? Yeah, they did it very well with him. Um, I, I Obviously, the, it's being put out there that they're in for Colo Moani again, although you'd argue, well, he's more expensive than Hoyland, so it doesn't make <laughs> sense. Um, so... I don't think Atalanta are buying it. I think Atalanta, Atalanta are in a position they they know that United really want this player, and and yeah, we're in this standoff, a little bit of a standoff. Talks are ongoing. They are they're not broken off. They're not broken off, and we know the player wants it. So it's it's edging edging close. It's a yeah. bit. I think United are slightly annoyed by it. What's going on? But they're still engaged in conversations. We would add here that if United can agree a fee with Atalanta, it probably would move quite quickly now, right? Because we're yeah, exactly. They're done behind the scenes. So again, it's one United. Um, they wanted him for preseason um, in in America. It's not happening again. A bit, a bit Smith of Vardyol and City. As long as he's in for the start of August and definitely in for the start of season, that's the main thing for them. Doesn't help, does it, that Giampiero Gasparini said, I don't know whether he'll stay or leave, but I hope the club will value Hoyland at around 80, 90 or 100 million euros. <laughs> He's one of the best, if not the best, emerging talent in Europe as a striker. Not helpful for negotiations, but United yeah. aren't going to pay that, are they? Surely. Atalanta have previous of receiving a lot of money from United for one of their players with Ahmad as well, like Graham, <laughs> yes, yeah, wow, well, yeah, forget that, yeah. So, so to be fair, if um, if United paid 40 for for Ahmed, probably 80 90 is probably the right <laughs> value, but yeah, and to be fair, I think Atalanta or United a little bit, although he's still a very good player, slightly overpriced, Ahmed, but yeah, um, it's it's, it's fascinating that, that United, um, I, I appreciate this is the one they want, they're sticking to it, they're going for it, and um, it will get done. Hoyland will be on you, um. Number nine going to a new season in my Technically opinion. Technically not the number nine because they can't shift Anthony Martial unless <laughs> Yes, unless depressingly, yeah. Yeah, one one of many players who United are um struggling to get rid of. I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure news of PSG's interest in Ramos will not have gone down well at well at um Old Trafford. They were right. still hoping beyond belief that they might show and uh, renew their interest in Martial. 
I, I would I would imagine that move is not happening this year, and they'll at the end of his contract in I believe it's twenty twenty four that that will be. I imagine that Man United are on the phone to Michael Aminalo begging him to take Anthony Martial to Saudi Arabia. Potentially, I mean, we're, we're talking of Saudi Arabia, Manchester United. We did a story on Alex Tellez potentially joining Al Nasser. That was done essentially as far as we thought. It was down to the player, but Al Nasser have cooled, Graham. Yeah, the back to it. It was always a bit funny as Tellers one because I think it'd be interesting to see how this one comes out, Scott. Because he he wasn't that keen because he really wanted to go back to Flamengo, is what we were hearing. They had a bid rejected. Then Al Nasser came in with a big offer. I do wonder whether the player really has his heart set to move back to Brazil. Yeah, obviously United won't be carrying that because they'll probably have to cover some of the wages or fee. But I wonder whether this—that's the way this one's going, Scott. I think Tellers will go, but I think we might see him going back to Brazil, and that's probably what he's happier with. There have been suggestions since we started recording this, and this is not confirmed by us. But Eric Bailly is also wanted by a Saudi Arabia club. <laughs> I believe that's Al Nasser too. I've seen that on my timeline as we uh, as we've recorded this. Uh, Anthony Alanga has rejected Everton. Everton are getting Arnold Danjuma, and that's kind of how that stands. Anthony Alanga has a lot of options, though, Graham. He does, yeah. You know, he's a young talent. I think with him, United are still. There's some at United who think it should be a loan with a view to him coming back. They still think there's a player in there. They still think there's talent, but I think United probably they would take a permanent deal for him. But yeah, it's again likely to be a loan. Depend although United aren't asking an awful lot for him. You know, I think I think up to fifteen million. So um he's an interesting one. I think he will go just be it'll be interesting to see whether it's a loan or permanent for him. And uh final note of the show is Nottingham Forest and their interest in Dean Henderson. Andre Onana has obviously arrived, so that should open the door for Dean Henderson to leave. He is on the tour, could fly back, but uh, there's a potential spanner in the works, Graham, or is this a Nottingham Forest potential ploy to get the price down? Yeah, we're hearing reports, Scott, that um, Kaelon Navas might be available again. He hasn't had that. He hasn't secured that move. He was linked to Inter Milan and stuff, but I don't think he's very high up on their priority list. He's got a year left on his deal at... Um, at PSG, and and he did brilliantly for Forest, didn't he? He really did. And so it's from from what we're hearing, he's been offered around Europe again. Or Forest have been told there might be a chance of getting Navas back, and he certainly won't cost twenty million. Um, we're hearing the likes of uh, is it David Soria at Getafe? Forest are looking at, and also we're hearing we're being told Robert Sanchez is a possibility at Brighton. So it, again, is this all a tactic though from Forest Park? Parts got that they're saying to United saying, wait a minute, we know how desperate you are to get rid of Henderson. We're not paying 20 million. Give us a reduction. I wouldn't rule that out as a tactic. But there are options out there for Forrest who, who are now looking at them. Um, I, I still think he will go, but I think United may have to drop the price a little. James Trafford getting, what, what was he sold for? Like 19 million or something like yeah. that? And then obviously he had a good under 21 tournament but Dean Henderson is proven Premier League experience for a number of years it just shows, shows the difference between how good how well Man City sell and how well United sell uh, although he did I said he finished his bench didn't he Dean Henderson <laughs> um, so it'd be to, to never so it'd be, it'd be interesting yeah I think Henderson probably still will go there but it's fascinating it's not surprising for us to look at options and no doubt if you're a good agent you're offering them a keeper because they haven't signed one yet do you think, Scott, before you move on, that United need a new understudy if Dean Henderson goes? I know they've got the young Czech lads well, we, who's come we, back from did, his he, he, did spell, well, he did well. I was going to ask you about Matthew. Really well he did day. well, didn't he? He and did we, really well. We did hear that United's own scouts were very impressed by him in checking. Did he win the league with Sparta? Yeah. Sparta Prague or? Well, you were the one telling me he did. <laughs> yeah. I hope he did. I, 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 no, no, he, he definitely when, did. He definitely did. When we did the story, I don't think it. I, I think they were about to win it. I don't think they had won it when we did it. <laughs> but yeah, I think Dean Henderson is obviously they need to they need to sell Dean Henderson uh, for some. They can't go below twenty million. They, they surely there's a club out there who buy Dean Henderson for twenty million quid. It was only a few years ago where we were talking about Dean Henderson being one of the best young keepers in in the Premier League after his. Spell at Sheffield United. United did not sell him when his stock was high. Kept him on the bench for a year, and now is. <laughs> and then he did an interview <laughs> saying, "I don't want to be at United. All this stuff. I'm not coming back." And uh, this is where we are now. But yeah, Toby. I mean, there's a young lad from plays in the Japanese league, uh, Suzuki. That they've been linked with. I think Graham. We've uh, we've had some lines on that. But I mean, you might have an answer in house. Uh, Kovar is looking. He played he's in that 20, friendly he's against 23, Leon. He's twenty-three, isn't he? He's not—he's not like an eighteen-year-old. So he's, he's got 
He's got, got some he's got quite a few first team games under his belt, hasn't he? Could give him a cup, you know, cup position. I think what the the big Im- the big uh, impressive thing about him was was the distribution element. I mean, there were elements of you know they, they after every friendly whether a player plays well or a player doesn't it's it's all all the highlights or the low lights or whatever and i think one of those went around the other day he's prepared to take on dangerous passes or you know that'll cut through midfields or high presses or defenses and i think you know i could do a lot worse and save some money in the process but and he'd be home would he qualify i know you signed him but you signed him when he was quite young didn't check you? that but I, I think so i think it's, so he probably qualifies some sort of homegrown so yeah um, yeah. Anyway, that's it. Anything to add from anyone? Okay. That is talking transfers. We've gone on for too long. Thanks for listening. If you have listened the entire one hour, five minutes, you can see that we're trying to cram so much stuff into this. Please subscribe on all your major podcast platforms and follow us at double underscore Scott Saunders at Toby underscore Cudworth and at Graham Bailey. Graham, are you still doing threads on at Graham B Bailey? I'm, don't call me out too much. I'm trying. I'm trying. Uh, I'm, I forgot I'm, about it. When I do on my phone. Um, I was going to say, I thought you were going to come to me for the weather update. As we're in North England for the cricket, Toby, it is overcast, but light, bright. I think we might get a bit of action today, Graham's Toby. Graham's wearing so. a hoodie today. A 90-min hoodie. Which is not available in any shop, so don't even it, You can actually buy the merch. You can buy all right. Oh, sorry. I do beg your pardon. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I'll, I'll double check if, if you're so keen to buy some merch and just uh, send me a DM or something like that or tweet me and I'll find the link for you. Anyway, that's it. Talking transfers from Toby Graham and myself, Scott. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you soon. <laughs>